0: quite people will say i'm selfish i'm quite a reasonable person who would say you're selfish
1: what who would would call you selfish (laughs) my wife (laughs) all all my mates john (laughs) (laughs)
2: right um so welcome to the podcast graham frankish Uh, For watchers, listeners, people aren't familiar with you, do you want to give a bit of an introduction as to who you are, what you do? Lean forward. (laughs) Sorry about that. Talking to the mic, yeah.
0: (laughs) I'm new to this, aren't I? Um, So I'm sales director. I've been here 30 years now. Man and boy. Man and boy right from the start. So Ken employed me a long, long time ago Mm. as a salesperson just on patch. And then I've just got, well, the role's grown, now looking after the team of a dozen or however many's left these days. Good stuff. All
2: right, and I, want, I wanted to focus this pod on sales because it's uh, it's an interesting area, and an area that I've learned a lot about, I guess, since I've been at the organisation. But I wanted to start with Alex Hormozy versus Graham Frankish Uzi. I thought you'd say that. A good start. Um, so he is like a sales influencer. Is that the best way of describing him? I'm looking at. I guess JV. so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know why, but who's,
0: yeah, Uzi influencing. Uh,
2: probably the next generation not calling you old at all Graham, but the, ne- the next generation of of sales individual okay. salesperson coming through he is he is one of the oracles is that is that fair backs you're into this world more than me so what's he done in his life um
3: he's made
1: a fair bit I of don't, cash yeah he's right, made, he's he? made a couple of 100 million um as far as I understand I'll get back in my body As far as I understand it, Ask he started him out him again. <laughs> he started out with gyms and fitness or something. And he started um he would go and like buy up gyms or get gyms to f- join his franchise or something like that. Oh, uh, yeah. And, and now he, sold he does a package
0: of yeah, okay.
1: Yeah, right. and now he does um oh this is probably wrong, but like investor.com or something. No, Thing is, with it. that though, sorry, but great.
0: can he sell photocopies? Lean into the I mic. I think it's quite a niche.
1: Yeah, sorry. I think it's quite a
0: niche industry, um, and I think it requires a particular skill set. Mm.
2: I think I think you're probably right, and we'll get onto that in a second. But anyway, this Alex Hormozy tweets a lot. I'll explain tweeting later on. Um, but <laughs> I'm, not bas- that, I'm not that old. <laughs> so I'm going to read out some of his sales tweets. Okay. Okay. So, a sale always happens. Either you sell the other person on your solution or they sell you on their excuse. And the person who talks the most loses. Du-du-du.
0: I accept that quite often the person who talks the most loses. You should speak yep. very little. However don't know that you're selling a solution versus an excuse i think it should be a natural process either they want to do it or they don't and if you can flip it around the other way and think well if it was me would i do it the answer to that is yes then there shouldn't be an excuse why they won't do it
2: Mm. and just dive into that the person that speaks um the most loses because i think you're right and i think my perception coming into spectrum was of a salesperson stereotypical salesperson gifted the gab gifted the gab somebody used car dealer you know giving the spiel blah 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 why 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 is that wrong help me understand i don't understand it now but help the audience
0: understand that because you have the customer has to think for themselves so if you fill in the gaps all the time and fill in the blanks they haven't connected it all in their own mind to get to the same conclusion that you've got to. So you know all the steps, you've arrived there, but they've got to do it for themselves. So if you're quiet and they think, they start building that in their own heads. And that's why you both end up at the same place at the same time. So that's like... Otherwise, you're at different rungs of the ladder. And if you're there and they're there, that's where you don't get sales.
3: And that's one of the things that... I learned coming into Spectrum was, you know, I'd been very much sort of a relationship, uh, you know, just nice conversations type yeah. thing. And I remember, you know. You um, love filling in the blanks though. Well, I'm trying, I'm getting better, Um. Uh. but absolutely. And, and to a degree, you know, when you have your one-to-ones with, you know, uh, Graham and Lee, it's, it's very much like, are they at the same stage as you, John? Mm. And, you know, and sometimes it's yes and sometimes it's, It's no, and it's like, right, you know, just say that and just keep quiet Mm. and let them start talking and then they'll, and as Graham said, they'll start joining the dots up and then they'll get to where you are and then in actual fact, they can drive it because they'll start asking you questions that move you to where you want to get to. Yeah, it's a technique, but it's not like a trick, Mm. if you know what I mean. It's, It's good for the
0: client to actually think that. If they do arrive at the same place, that's where you need to be.
2: I suppose it's the same principles as, as coaching somebody in your team, isn't it? You, rather than telling somebody in your team, yeah, here's what you do. They, then they don't learn for themselves. Absolutely. It's exactly the same principles from what you've just said. Absolutely. Because right.
0: you're coaching the sale, yeah. You're coaching your client to agree with you. Good. I like that. But so, you should never sell anything to anybody that you wouldn't do yourself. Sorry, explain that again. No, say that again.
2: Let's dive into that.
0: So if you... Don't believe that you would do it yourself. Mm. You shouldn't be in the same room with them. It's not fair. You're forcing something on to somebody that you wouldn't even do it yourself. That's poor.
3: And, and that's often asked in in one's ones. You know, Graham would be like, "Would you do it?" Mm. And you know, and and if you don't, then and right? Then why? Yeah, exactly. And what? Why would you do it? And then in your head, you're kind of like you're then joining the dots up, going, do "You know what? I haven't covered enough for me to believe that they should do it. So if I don't believe it, then one, I don't become authentic. And two, how can I, I ever go. expect them to want to buy something from me? And again, that probably flies against the stereotype of a
2: salesperson, doesn't it? In terms of trying to just flog used cars to anybody that walks Absolutely. onto the floor. Absolutely.
0: Most salespeople are rubbish. They're all about product, all about forcing it on people, all about trying to... Hard- you shouldn't have to hard close anybody. It's just a conversation. Mm. A, a, and it's not a, not a difficult job if you're reasonable with people mm. i think if you're honest transparent and i think he's an alright kid i believe what he's saying that's that's fine
3: and i think uh, it, so i i didn't actually have an opinion before i joined spectrum around selling photocopiers or printers or, or or you know anything like that um but what i really quickly understood was there's an awful lot of science to it which I'd never been taught in like my previous sort of 10 years in sales, which was probably more to do with, uh, you know, which Lee and Graham have said on many occasions, just order taking Mm. and not really selling. Um, And actually the science is really, really interesting. And then it gets you to that point where the journey becomes just a natural journey to a a conclusion where everyone's like, do you know what? Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, there's a question
0: in science to unravel precisely what the problem is and what you think you might need to solve it. So that's very scientific. And then the delivery of that is a bit science, a bit.
3: theatre.
2: So what is the science of the, the first stage of that, that you just explained? You just, said, just question science to, to that. Yes. Yeah, so, question so techniques
0: up. with open questions, that's all. Uh, and again, the open questions are for the client to think for themselves. And when you say an open question. For who, the audience, who, for what who you think, what, when, what where, saying.
2: why? Who, what, when, why, so where? So you can't
0: say yes or no to it.
2: Good stuff, and that opens the conversation, opens up opportunities. Yes,
0: right. and they start thinking for themselves.
2: Like it. All right, I'm going to have Hormozzi versus Frankish, take two.
0: Okay, who won
2: take uh, one? I think, I think you won it on points, I would say. Okay. Uh, so we'll make He more. won it on
1: money. Oh Yeah, I was yeah. just going to say yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. 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 Hormozzi's got the dollars. As he drives into his
3: <laughs> million-dollar <laughs> yeah. mansion, do you yeah. think he's that bothered?
0: <laughs> What's he called, Hormozzi?
2: Alex Hormozzi, okay. yeah. yeah. Uh, right, so 10,000 cold calls will teach you more about sales than any book will.
0: It'll Frankish. teach him more about resilience, but I don't think it'll teach him more than a book. Bu- well, see, I'm not sure about a book. I quite like, so we've had some structured training from Jane Harper. Mm-hmm. We've had some structured training from Canon and those principles that we learned 30 years ago still apply. Mm. So I think classroom training over a, wins over a book, wins over a thousand Cold calls,
3: role playing as well. Yeah, that's one of the things that going, going back to pre working at Spectrum, none of that, just you know, there's there's a book, mm-hmm. read that, and that'll be your, <coughs> you know, that'll be what you need to do. My first month, six weeks was like, right, we've got some role, we got some sales training for you, and I was like, brilliant, I'm all for that. Mm-hmm. And then the most just, and it's weird when you think part of being sales is you're in front of people you don't really. Do you don't it know if your peers is but awful, but man. role playing in front of your peers like and especially when you don't really know them is <laughs> is just the worst. It's the pits, but it actually hardens you up and and actually what better way to learn than actually people that have done it, been successful, hmm. telling you what to do, what not to do, and what to think about before you go out. So yeah, I would I would say role playing with people that have been successful in in whatever you're endeavouring to do yeah is so valuable. classroom
0: book. You, you do learn on the job. Mm. So I agree with learning on the job, but I don't think making a of money. 10,000.
2: But resilience is a, is a key part of sales. Absolutely, yeah. And, and the ability, if you think of a cold call, you've got to get past the gatekeeper. And then yep. when you do get the gate, get past the gatekeeper, you've got a yep. moment of time to get the person talking and identify an opportunity. It's a micro sale in a sale, isn't it? Oh, like, All you're doing
0: is selling the appointment, really. If you if you're talking too much on the phone, you've you've lost the reason for needing the meeting. Mm. So your primary objective is just to get an appointment to then have a discussion and to genuinely believe in what you're about to tell them. I think if you think they'd be an idiot if they didn't see you, Mm. it comes across. Mm.
2: Yeah, I'm sticking up for almost here because I I can definitely see the benefits of of that practical. Coming in every day, picking the phone up, generate or trying to generate appointments. Okay, I'll you give him that over reading the, the, the book he
0: didn't say about classroom tree,
2: uh, yeah, training, did he? Yeah, classroom, classroom, I don't know. What, what do you learn better at? Standing, Sitting in a classroom, listening to someone talk or actually... Yeah, but, yeah, but if you, you do 10,000
0: calls... Without any training, you've got no appointments. If you do some yes. training first, then make 10,000 calls. So you need to do both. If you did the 10,000 calls after you've had the training... Mm. I guarantee you would get more appointments than if you just got your kids to ring (laughs) 10,000. And
3: and also, if you think, and it's, it's, you go back to when we were younger, you know, lots of selling was done on the door. People Mm -hmm. would knock on the door and I don't, can't imagine anything harder than, than that. But actually going out and, you know, old fashioned, you know, canvassing, Actually, just being able to to get some information to strike a bit of rapport with that gatekeeper, so then when you come back and call, it's not a cold call anymore. It's actually a semi warm call because you can go, "Oh, I popped in a couple of days ago." Mm. You know, "Oh yeah, I remember you're a drowned rat type scenario." And a you got you get a bit of empathy.
0: Why are we giving all our secrets?
3: Well, we'll cut this out then. Because <laughs> I was trying to show that I'd learned something. Yeah. Do you think they are secrets? I well, they shouldn't. No. I, do you? No, I don't think they well, do. you? I, I don't know. Uh, it's a, we see other
2: people out doing that. I don't think the secret. I think there is a modern perception that the likes of canvassing, as we call it, the likes of picking the phone up and doing a cold call, as it was referred to. I think there's a perception that's perceived as old school and not the way it's done anymore. Mm-hmm.
0: If I'm honest. I think the perception of sales in the UK is poor. I think in America, a salesperson is seen as a professional, mm. whereas in the UK, they're frowned upon. And it, it annoys me because every business has to sell something, mm. and yet they can't wait to slam the phone down on a sales guy. He's only doing his job. Mm. Think about it the other way. What are your sales guys doing to other people? Yeah, I think you should always be reasonable with people in their amount. and hear them out. And if they're good enough, it's, it's a nice test, actually. If somebody's really good, salespeople are easy to sell to somebody's really good on the phone to me yeah come and see me i'm, mm. I'm delighted to see you. you've done a really good job
1: do you think do you think that's the fault of like that there's a, there's a lot of bad sales people out there as well yes so it leaves a bit of a sour taste in some people's mouths so then you know all sales people get like tired I, with the same thing
0: where the anomaly yeah yeah and i think it surprises people and then i think that's why we're successful because mm. when we do get in front of people they think oh yeah these are reasonable people with good products and i believe hi guys
2: just jumping in i want to talk about one of the services we offer which is robotic process automation also known as rpa that is software that replicates human behavior so if you've got people downloading spreadsheets attaching them to emails going on portals downloading information moving data around all that stuff is perfect for a robot. So if that's interesting, get in touch. Let's have a chat. Let's see if we can help. Enough from me. Back to the conversation. So
1: how do you mitigate that sort of people having an attitude and slamming the phone down? Then how do you circumvent that? Don't know that you can. Other than that's the other, other than explain. Forgive me. How
0: do you sell your products mm. and put the boot on the other foot? Mm. They, you know, you're trying to create empathy. I'm just trying to do my job here. You know, don't give me a hard time.
2: Why, why do you think sales do have a perception in the UK, as you say, around
0: not a professional? I think what Bax just said then, because I think the quality... Pushy. There's, there's, there's more bad salespeople than good salespeople. In and
2: what are the traits? When you say a bad salesperson, and you've you've probably worked with a few, what, what are the traits that you're thinking of that uh, you
0: think are wrong? Speak too much. Don't listen. Don't understand what the client's trying to do. Try and do it a bit too fast. Hmm. So if you imagine going for a car, it's they're on top of you, you know, trying to close you there and then I'll go and see my manager. Can I do a deal today? Well, whoa, 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 whoa." Hmm. on a second, I've got Hmm. two or three cars to look at. I don't know what I'm picking yet. So the if someone was reasonable, you know, what are you interested in? What what kind of things do you do on a weekend? What you know kind of things do you need from your car? Mm. Right, okay, I've got a perception. Are you looking at anything else? Yeah, I'm going to look at all these others. Well, yeah, when you've looked at all these others, come and see me and we can compare them against ours. Slow it all down, relax.
2: And what are you doing there? I think I know what you're doing there in terms of go and see the other cars and then come back and see me afterwards.
0: Well, because then they've got all the information so that if, you, if your solution is right, you can finish it all off there and then, mm. rather than have had to go away. So that is sort of a closing tactic, but if they've got all the information and then they still agree that your solution is right, mm-hmm. you might as well do it there and then. Okay. Um, what about
2: kind of nature versus nurture for salespeople? So can can you can you train it, or are people born good salespeople?
0: Uh, I think you can train it and improve it, but there's certain inquisitiveness. You, it's very difficult to train. So we had a guy come for an interview the other day and some of the questions that he said were excellent. It's what you would train, you know, how have I done? What happens next hmm. for somebody without any training? That is, that's good. Natural.
2: Yeah. And are there any other traits that you're looking for? So inquisitiveness, is that a trait? I'm not sure, but if, if are there any other traits that you're looking for in a, in a great person? I think you
0: need to be personable, honest. I think honesty is probably the most important thing. Hmm.
3: What do you reckon, JV? Yeah, I, <clears throat> I, I I agree. I think you need to be. Um, you know, I, I guess those would it cla- would be then bracketed as like credible. Uh, I think you you need when you're representing a business, you need to be a credible representative to you know for people to believe you. You know, no like and trust, isn't it? You you often say you you, you want that. You need to. Be on empathetic, or you need to be on a, a relationship where you, where you get on. um They need to believe what you're saying, and and they need to go. Do you know what? And and that's one of the things we do is, you know, part of the process is get people to come into our offices. We love showing people what we do and how we do it because we want them to actually understand. It's not just about John or Graham; it's about the team behind us and getting them to actually understand the business, just not the person. We're not We're not afraid of anyone coming in and seeing mm. what we do. Yeah, I, do, I, I think, think comfort's a good word, actually. Yeah. Comfortable
0: with you, comfortable with the product, comfortable with the business, comfortable with everything.
2: Do, do you think sales has, has changed over the 30 years that you've been doing it? Or do you still think the things that you were doing 30 years ago are still the right things to be doing today?
0: Yes, yeah, I, I think they are. The internet has made a difference. Mm-hmm. So, um, so I think the further down the journey with self help or doing their own research, so I think that has made a difference and very easy to compare and benchmark. So I think people think they're more of an expert than they are. So I think the, the buyers are more educated, but probably think they're more educated than they actually think
2: they are. And so how does that change what you do from a sales perspective?
0: doesn't doesn't dramatically you've just got to be aware of the fact that all of this information is available mm. but it's a only an extra one or two questions to ask you know what research have you done what do you know about us what do you know about you know what you're trying to achieve
2: so it's, it's asking those questions to understand what they do know from their own research and therefore where they're at on the ladder as you called it absolutely earlier.
0: that's mm. that's an absolute key so if you are on rung one and that rung three and they're on rung one, you need to get them back up to where i am never seen rung again. <laughs> <laughs> wrong one.
2: <laughs> do you have to get them up to your rung or do you have to drop down to their rung? Either.
3: Yeah. You just it, need to make sure you're level. It can be you- both. Okay. Adult, JV? Adult, yeah, yeah, adult no, I don't. I, I completely agree. Because ultimately you you don't, if, if we're always going to be out of out of sync, then it's it's going to you know fall down. So it's recognizing where we are, and then either getting them up to us, or go back to them, and then go back up together. Yeah, they need to be ready. Checking, and inspecting, is yeah. And how do you, how do you
2: do that? So how do you know where I'm at on the ladder when you're working with me on a sale?
0: Just asking questions, just to see what your perception is of what we're doing next. If yours is, I'm going to go and do some more research. Oh, I thought we were beyond that. Okay. You go do your research and then we'll meet up again. Mm. And then otherwise you might be saying, oh, well, me my price. Are you going to do it? i mm. oh, hang on a second. Do my research yet? Like slow down. Okay. And I think that is a key thing. We're not in a rush. We mm. shouldn't be in a rush. It takes as long as it should take to us both be at the same place, both be comfortable. It's a natural
3: progression just to sound an order. Mm. Okay. I think one of the other things which I learned here, uh, probably slower than Graham and Lee would have wanted, is um, the ability to lose quick because that's actually a win as well. Mm. And, uh, you know, sometimes it's like you you cling on and you cling on and then you've invested time, you invest other people's time in one-to-ones And then actually do you know what one you probably weren't at the same spot and you didn't check and inspect to get to the same spot and then actually no problems at all if you if you don't actually if it's something that you're actually not bothered about or or you don't need to do it's it's a a nice to have rather than a a need if you will then actually losing quick is is as big a win as winning the deal
0: completely agree yeah we sell a premium product if Potential customer is not interested in premium products. Let's know that at the beginning. Mm. If you're prepared to pay a little bit more for all of these reasons, but if you're not, that's fine. Just tell and us. Yeah, there's other people out there who sell poorer products for cheaper money, and for some people, that's a, as good a fit. It's all right.
2: That that was a real light bulb moment for me when I joined. Lee, I think it was Lee actually it said to me, "The two two winners in the sale. The person that wins the sale, and the person that walks away the first. If yeah. it's not for them." And. Yeah, That was that was a real light bulb for me.
0: Only if you use the time that you've saved to create more sales. Mm. If you read a book and sit in your ass, then <laughs> <laughs> you want one. So,
2: how do you, and I think this is probably the hardest bit of sales, but how do you generate new opportunities
0: in today's world? You've got to be disciplined, really. You've got to have structure. You've got to understand who your target audience is. And you've got to physically do it. So, every. People can get lists, color coordinate, and put them into this category. Oh, these are ten million turnover. These are six million turnover. If you don't ring them. If you don't pick up the phone, you're not getting any appointments. You're not getting through. Mm. You've got to physically do it, as Tim Campbell always said.
3: Mm. No, I think you're
2: right. <clears throat> All right, and obviously, as a business, we sell two things predominantly. So we sell hardware, which you've been involved in for thirty odd years. Yeah, and we sell software, and we have been doing it for the last fifteen or so years. Yep. How is that, from a sales perspective, how is that different or is it different? Selling a copier, as you called it earlier, versus a software solution?
0: Yes, software, the sales cycle is longer. Mm-hmm. More stakeholders involved. So again, you've got to make sure that each, you know, we talked about the ladder before. Yeah. Each different stakeholder is at the same place as the ladder. You might have somebody up here, but the IT guy's here, we need to get him back into line with where we need to be. So I think it's a more complex, more difficult sale. But again, once you arrive at the end, well, I would do it if I was you. Well, yeah, I agree. Mm. Get on with it. But John, I think it is more complicated. What's your view, John? It's a revelation, It actually. is. We've got it on camera as well. We have. We we have Let's <laughs>
3: clip that. Um, I, uh, I think, well, I completely agree because I think the difference is there's an element of uh, change management as well, yeah. you know, a, a business – you know, isn't it? Isn't just you know? and I, I'm simplifying it, and I'm not doing it in a demeaning thing. It, it's not a case of changing one version of a copier to another version of yeah. A copier. In the main, with a copy, you know what you're going to get. Yeah,
0: roughly speaking. Yeah. Whereas your solution is impacting a hell of a lot more
3: people in the business and how they operate. Yeah. Hence the, like you say, great. Uh, hence the, the, the time scale involved. You know, so you could sell a. a Copy if you've got the you know the right stakeholder and the, the right appetite and whatever in the same day you mm. could but actually you're never going to do that with software because you've got to understand the pain points you've got to understand the stakeholders involved decision making tree yeah. and all of that and then you've got to go through a process of getting them on board to then go like you know you get to that mutual thing where it's like do you know what yeah this is the right thing to do commercials you know this is ready made excuse now this is <laughs> told you it was complicated <laughs> <laughs> no no not at all no but do you know what and uh, i hate doing this but actually graham does both like really well and because he's very um st- uh, strict and structured in how he does it there's probably that there's no real difference it's just controlling the process and doing the right things at the right time and yeah i mean you know he he's sold Copies hardware to big, you know, organizations and he sold software to big organizations, su- mm. you know, massively successfully. So it is, well, I'd be more interested. You have surprised me by saying you feel that software is, you know, can be more, is it complex sale or is it a more, just a more time consuming sale?
0: I think it's a bit of both. Um, I think it is more complex because you are integrating with business systems and there's, and, and there's just more stakeholders.
3: Mm. I, I, for me, that's that's the part. It's it's the having the more stakeholders. There's more things that could go wrong if you don't make sure that you. I don't know. why I'm doing that. If you if you don't make sure that everyone within that, so the IT manager, the finance director, I don't know, the managing director, whoever mm. you know, mm. whoever's going to sign that contract, yeah. is is with you because you can get people that are going to benefit from it. On in their day-to-day that are like oh this is amazing fantastic you also get people that are going to use it every day that might be threatened Mm. by their by their role maybe being automated um so it's it's and on that
0: basis you need to be able to ask pretty direct questions in a nice way to understand where you're at Mm. so it might be that you're thinking yeah janet don't get this and you have to say are you all right with this janet you know oh, no, yeah, I'm not really sure. I'm worried that it's going to affect, you know, I'm not very good with IT. Okay, we can handle that. Mm. But you've got to read the room a bit and be prepared to say, I'm not so sure so-and-so's on board with this. Well, yeah, funny you should say that, That mm. not. Well, okay, what are we going to do? Are we going to stop now or do we get them on board?
2: Call it out yeah okay no, i think there's there's elements it's interesting because obviously my background is in project management software development that sort of world there's lots of comparisons actually between what sales you guys do day to day and that yep. world because it is it is almost managing a project you it is a six month time period at times and yep. there's multiple stages to it the stakeholder management that you need to include there's change management you need to include also that that whole fail fast that's a principle of software development is don't spend months building the wrong thing if you're going to find out it's the wrong thing do it find out really quickly and move on. and it, i think it's a lot of principles that's transferable between the two do you agree
3: yeah yeah i do uh probably gonna dig myself a hole especially with graham next to me i do think it's slightly harder from a software perspective to lose quicker now that might be my failings but I think because ultimately, if you have certain stakeholders um, that you're dealing with, mm. and you're asking who else needs to be involved, no, nope, just us, and then you get to a point where it's like, <laughs> you know, you're you're at, you know That's third crazy. third base, and then they go, oh, I just want to bring John mm. in. Uh, okay, where where where's that come from? And then suddenly, now you've got a whole different ballgame. You've got to potentially go back to the start and. And that's where... You know, the, th- the thing
0: is, once you've done that once and you've made the mistake once, you should be able to ask those direct questions to flush that out, I think. Yeah. So I, I accept it, but I think it's handleable. Yeah.
2: Do people lie, though? Yeah, I'm I'm the man. I make the decision. Yeah. And then three months later, just need to go speak to Jeff. Yeah, Jeff but again, decisions.
0: that's experience of thinking, yeah, I'm not quite sure that you do have the clout that you think you've got. Yeah. And, and then and one subtly the, you've got to find that
3: out. One of the good things that, um, you know, Graham often says, sadly, um, in in one-to-ones <laughs> is, have we asked, what was the last project you signed off? Or what was the last project that went in? Who who signed that off? And very quickly you find out, do you know what? It wasn't John. Mm. It was Graham. And I've had no exposure to Graham yet. In mm. which case I need to press pause and I need to... Yeah, get the people we can't go further until I've spoken to Graham and Graham goes, I'm fully on board with this. Or do you know yeah, what? The, that's your... the thing.
0: That's the asking a few more questions to establish. All right. So you, what other things have you bought? Mm. What was the process? How did that go? Orders of magnitude oh, as well. Yeah. And then you're thinking, well, yeah, I know you bought some pens and pen- pencils, but you haven't spent under a grand's worth of software. Mm. So when was the last £100,000 purchase you had? Right. Okay. So you're not quite right. hmm. where you think you are.
2: Okay, me again, just jumping in to talk about one of the processes that we often get asked to automate, which is the processing of supplier invoices, also known as accounts payable automation. So what does that mean? Well, most businesses receive invoices from their suppliers, and a lot of businesses still have people that are manually reviewing those invoices, making sure that they're correct, making sure they're accurate, and then manually reeking them into a finance system and or an ERP system. Well, our solution can automate that process. So typically an invoice will come in, we'll use capture technology to understand what's on that invoice. We'll then match that data up against good receive note to make sure that we've received the product. We'll match it up against purchase order data to make sure that somebody has placed an order for that product. And ultimately, if we can match that up, we can automatically push that into an ERP system or finance system. And nobody has to touch it. How good does that sound? If there are exceptions, if there are things that need to be checked, that's fine. We can use digital workflow to push that to somebody to eyeball it and say, is this correct or does something need to change? Ultimately, though, that can then be pushed again into an ERP system or a finance system. This is about making your life easier. It's about making operations as quick and as efficient as possible. And we do that all the time. If that sounds interesting, then get in touch. That's enough from me. Back to the podcast. Do you, do you get a response of, it's none of your bloody business? Because you're asking a lot of questions. You're, you're being quite inquisitive, as you said earlier. Do you get that response of, well, hang on. It's, what's it got to do with you? Back off.
3: And how do you handle that?
0: Because you've got to explain the reasons why I'm asking.
3: And I think it's also the way you ask it. And actually, here we go. I've not come across anyone better than him in the way they ask it. He asks a question without it sounding like he's asking a question. Mm. By the end of it, he's got he's got a notepad full of all the answers that he needs. And if he hasn't, he's not moving on until he has. I hate doing that. It's very nice of you, John. But it's true. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, genuinely, it's, it's, it's true. And that's the key rarely have I come across someone who's gone whoa you're you're a bit nosy aren't you because you do have to explain well there's there's quite a lot of reasons why I'm asking that and I might as well ask it now because your time is valuable and my do, time do is valuable do you explain that or do you wait for an objection
2: and then you explain it do you explain at the beginning <laughs> actually I'm going to ask you loads of questions for these reasons
0: uh, it's not, conversation, not like. really it should just evolve mm. but if somebody is quite abrupt back at you then yeah you say well the, I'm going to ask you a load of questions for all of these reasons, and at the end of it, I'll be able to build something that will work for you or not. So mm. if I don't ask you the questions,
3: we could be wasting each other's time. Mm. In the discovery piece- And that's so the thing
0: I'd... at the minute, no one's got any time.
3: No. In the discovery piece, I am very much like I lay the foundations along. Today's going to be more about us understanding you, which, which if, I'm a, if I'm a prospective client, I'm, that, I'm, I mean, I'm happy with that. They mm. want to know what you're doing. or Sorry, they want to understand what, as a business, we do. Mm. And the, they can only help us if they understand that. And they can only understand that if they ask the question. So uh, in that environment, the discovery piece, yeah, it is a bit more, look, we are going to be asking lots of questions. But I've yet to come across anyone who's got very defensive gone. well, I don't really want to tell you that. Mm. Because ultimately, they're only at the table because they're interested in knowing whether we can help Okay, and when when you say that Graham's got a
2: brilliant knack of asking those questions, which I agree, I feel a bit uncomfortable. But but what? <laughs> he doesn't what really. How does he this get big dog status? How do you get away with it? Or well, what's is there a knack to it, or is it just you just born able to you don't, ask those questions?
3: He doesn't get away with it. Well, there's thirty years of experience. Firstly, um, he's had good teachers. Yeah, but um, I would say experience, obviously ability Mm. but he's a lot of experience and you you know I remember and even now I may sit in a meeting and I'm like wow the way you asked that oh and I note it down because I'm Mm. like yeah that's handy so is it isn't is it in the wording or is it in the tone
2: or 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 both
0: absolutely yeah Mm. okay we often say say this precisely Mm. you know and then when you regurgitate it back that's not quite what I said Mm. And he's a nightmare that's not quite what I said yeah, but you're, it you're,
1: you're not doing it on that level now, are you? You're just doing it like through intuition. So when you're teaching people, you're telling them, say, it yeah, exactly it's difficult. Like yeah, it's now. But
0: for you, you're just unconsciously. like. Unconsciously. Yeah, they, they call it unconsciously competent.
3: Mm. Mm. Um, unconsciously you, incompetent. You, yeah,
1: that's you. <laughs> do, do you ever. Um, ah, I'm all right, Pash. <laughs> do you ever get into like a, a. I don't know how to describe it. Like like a sales joust, if you like. So, for example, you go somewhere, someone who doesn't work in sales is trying to like... Who works in sales, sorry, but doesn't know you work in sales is trying to sell you something. Do you sort of like... Do, do, do you know what I mean? What,
0: well, if somebody's trying to sell to me?
1: Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if someone's trying to sell me... You know the manoeuvres me, are coming. No, but again,
0: if they've done the job
1: properly, it shouldn't be a manoeuvre.
0: Yeah. It's just a conversation. But so, it,
1: if, so if they do a bad manoeuvre, do you like...
0: I'm already thinking, yeah, you're annoying
1: me. I don't, yeah. I don't really want to deal with you. And do, do, you, do you do anything shady? Like, you know, oh, I work in, oh, he's doing that maneuver. Like I work in sales, I know what he's doing. I'm going to lead him down this like- No, I, I hate that.
0: Oh, I'm in sales too. I know all the tricks. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not It's not a case of a trick. I just think, how am I going to get myself out of here? Because I don't really want to deal with this guy. And often- So it'd be a
3: fake excuse. Right. Often we'll have situation when I say often, Every few years, you have a conversation around like, "Oh, I've been looking at cars, and and I'm using the the car analogy." And Graham used it earlier, but it, it's like you'll go, you'll show interest in something. So I, I want X car, and then you never hear back from them. And you're like, "Well, that's the one of the main basics is if you show if a client shows interest, you, you go back to them." Yeah. And as soon as they can't be bothered, leave it with me, Mister Frankish. I'll 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 search out a car, I'll look over all over the country for you. And then and you never hear from them. And you never hear from them. You're like, and then they'll ring up and go, Well, why didn't you buy it from me then? Well, forgive me, I I came to you, I, I told you what I wanted. You said you'd go away, and then suddenly I don't hear hiding a hair from you. So I'll tell you what, I'll go to someone who's gonna do what they say they're gonna do. And I think that's an important point as well, is around you you do what you say you're gonna do when you said you were gonna do it. Mm. Rather than oh yeah right I'll take that down and they never hear from me.
0: yeah a lot of mine now is repeat business mm. so it is as you say I'm proactive at looking after the account and then I'm reactive if they've got an issue get on with it very very quickly so it's it becomes a slightly easy because it's proven you know all the things that we said we were going to do we've proven and delivered and I'm just Mm. on top of it.
2: There, there is a trend, or there certainly was a trend in sales, right, to kind of split sales into this hunter-farmer kind of mentality. Yeah, yeah. I just wanted to give you a view on that. Is that because you do both, don't you?
0: No, not really. I don't. You're not, no, I'm not really. You're not a hunter anymore, I suppose.
2: No. But you have in the past.
0: Yeah, but it, a, a long time ago. Mm. Hunting's harder in my opinion.
2: So in that case, do you, do you, do you believe in that kind of philosophy of, of split the two out because they are very different jobs
0: um i could understand the logic to it and and if people did split like that i think it is as a logical we
3: tend to do both really Hmm. just great why why do you say that you think hunting's hard i know the answer but why do you say that hunting's harder because you
0: have to do a lot of effort to get just one appointment whereas if you're farming you've usually got a reasonable reason for ringing and they know you and it's you know Mm. you can make 10 phone calls and make 10 appointments Mm. you make 10 phone calls to cold hunting stuff you might get one you might not even get through to anyone yeah Mm.
2: Yeah. Mm.
1: do you want to just explain what you're talking about for people that might not understand this yeah.
2: Uh, well, so farming, I guess, is account management. So once you've got an account, it's farming it, reaping more from that account. Hunting is developing it, de- developing it, finding
0: well. something in the first place. A new business right. against
1: an existing customer. Okay, got you. Um, Do you ever use your powers for evil? I've
0: got any question. powers of evil? I don't know what you I mean.
1: Like, so you know, I, when I'm in sales training with uh, Jim, that's not sales training. And- that's colour. That's colouring in. <laughs> <laughs> but when she's like teaching us about like open question, closed question, hypothetical, you know, the order to do it in what's the effect? So what's the what's the effect, you know? all, all the sort of little uh um sort of psychological things that need to be aware of. I'm sort of sat there listening, thinking, Yeah, this is really good. But like there's like an evil part of my mind that's going, I bet this would work on my missus, actually. Oh if gosh. I just like did this or I couldn't possibly comment. My kids so that's a yes then.
0: <laughs> yeah. No comment. No. I've got nothing to say on that matter. <laughs> Next. Yeah, about, questioning about your techni- you, question techniques are questioning techniques.
1: Mm. So Can't so leave it at that. So yeah, you are evil. <laughs> and you're evil as well, John.
3: No comment. It's not evil. You know what I mean, though. I'm being evil's a strong word, isn't it? Yeah, I'm be, yeah. manipulative I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Can we through questioning can we manipulate what the result, what we want?
1: Yeah, basically. Yeah. Stakeholder
3: yeah. management, isn't it? Everybody's
2: selling or managing stakeholders to varying degrees every day, aren't they? We all interact mm.
3: with each other. It's the politics of working a business. Mm. Yeah. Mm. Everybody uses that type of skills, and that's the thing. And there, there's the. There's the external sale, so selling Mm. to. But there's also sometimes just as important, if not sometimes more important, is the internal sale as to why we want that to take that client on for that particular project that may be slightly outside because the opportunity behind it is Mm. is huge. Um, So yeah, managing the internal sale, not all the time, but can be just as important. So you've got everyone inside that's going to support you to do what you've said you're going to do
2: it is absolutely yeah hmm. you know how to influence me you you involve you've me got in to be joking on. me i'll try to you do influence absolutely you. if you if and you, you me. me at the end go oh, i want to do x y and z and sign it say, well hang on you've yeah, not yeah. you've not taken me no, no, i know yeah I, I, absolutely. Does he absolutely
0: ask you reasonable questions he's learning yeah, yeah.
1: oh my
3: god <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: it's just meant to be about Graham, not about killing me yeah, so, I, so in a way it's almost like an exception because you're you think you're Manipulating quotation marks, you think you're bringing him in on the rung, but actually, he knows you're bringing him in on the rung, and now he's bringing you onto his rung. It's like two ladders that are interlocking, it's all a bit mad, really. I thought it was like because I said to Jane, I was like, it does seem as though it's a form of manipulation, but the more she went through it, seems like sort of like the questioning and the sales and stuff. But the more you think about it, the more you understand it, you realize that, like, often. And we chatted about this on I think the last podcast is like usually people haven't asked themselves those questions Correct. or they have a they, they create like a bit of a false sort of narrative in their mind. Maybe they need to justify this or whatever. We all sort of tell ourselves lies, right? Yeah. So you're almost there, it's almost like a weird sort of therapy, if you like, because you you're trying to just give them the space and the you're encouragement right. to That's- go through those steps and then if they arrive at the, the answer and you just happen to have the product then it's winner winner chicken dinner and, isn't
0: it and it's all right to arrive at the answer and it's not you yeah so you still ask all those questions and said you know what if I was you I'd yeah mm. I, I don't think this is right
1: yeah and that that's and I agree yeah that's okay and y- mm. I've always you've always seemed really proud about the fact that you're that's the way you do things why is that so important to you because well, i think it's
0: your honesty and
3: integrity and I, I was i was gonna say ultimately if you do that you do the right thing for the right reasons they may not not buy from you then but they'll remember that graham was actually a decent guy professional and actually the next time something comes around if let's say option a that we all agreed was what you were going to go with doesn't work out they're going to go do you know what graham was ultra professional i'll ring graham up and say do you want to come back in now and mm. we'll have a conversation that's
0: up until to- Numerous salespeople in our yeah. in thirty odd years, I remember you being honest before. I do actually need what you you've got now. Yeah. so can we talk about it? So mm. it's
1: that like, it's that good impression that gets left behind. Yeah, and you sh- it, and doing you the right you thing. shouldn't you shouldn't lie. But so and going back to what was being discussed earlier, so like a lot of salespeople will do that, won't they?
0: What lie? Yeah.
1: And and are pushy and, and they just want to get to the prize and that's that's the reputation around salespeople. But
0: people can see through that surely. P-
1: yeah, but but a lot of people probably do actually get hoodwinked and manipulated into those scenarios. Hmm. Um is that attitude that you've got and that we see at spectrum, has that come from that's just kind of the type of person that you are? Or is it through seeing that happen and realising that actually when you go down that route, it can often cause more issues for you. Just because you get the sale, all right, that's fine.
0: I think it's a bit of both. I'm quite, people will say I'm selfish. I'm quite a reasonable person.
1: Who would say you're selfish? What? Who would would call you selfish? (laughs) My wife, (laughs) all all my mates, John. (laughs) So yeah, but I'm,
0: I'm a reasonable person, I think. Hmm. What was the question, Ian? I forgot. I agree.
1: Just, just, (laughs) Have you learned the hard way? Yeah, I've, yeah. I've made mistakes. Yeah,
0: no, no, not really. I've 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 learned the hard way of being outmaneuvered by a customer. But mm. when you think back, really, we were just on different rungs, mm. and I didn't see it.
3: Uh, ultimately, there's a thing around what what we sell isn't cheap. In whether it's software or it's hardware, we're at the higher end mm. of things. So there there needs to be value and part of our role is to get that value out so that the client understands actually you know what, it's worth paying more ultimately picking up on what Bax was saying you do get people that will just go in and go do you know what, I'll do it cheap as chips I'm half the price of Spectrum and and there will be people that will buy from it mm. and they'll just get what they pay for, you know what what they pay for and that will be pain down the down the line because actually that's all they're driven by is, you know, is pounds and pence. Mm. Whereas the people that we want to engage with and we do engage with is people that understand the value because we've asked those questions to actually amplify what the value we will be able to bring, be that the quality of the kit or the quality of the service.
0: And we can prove it. Yeah. I think, Support. you know, the comfort in, don't take my word for it to be so-and-so. You know, I have a view as a, of a B2B
2: buyer being different to a B2C buyer, particularly for, for the likes of software, in that uh, I don't think being half the price helps. If I'm the buyer of software in this one, and I've got two options on the table, one is X amount and one is half of X amount. Your reaction I'm is, thinking, what's wrong with that? <laughs> if I go with that and it's shit, I could lose my job, and it's not my money at the end of the day. So I'm probably going to go with that one, because yeah. that
0: fee- that gives me more comfort. But that is IT related. You Possibly. never get sacked for buying IBM, etc. Mm. They old all- Mm. So there's comfort in a name in IT, which is difficult to break down sometimes. Mm. I
2: want to ask you about theatre, because you talk, I hear a lot about theatre in spectrum as a kind of word in terms of the sales process. And can can you explain what you mean by that?
0: Uh, Again, it's, it's questioning understanding to see really where the customer's so, if you're having a conversation with them and you understand that really they need to save money, they're prepared to spend a little bit more, or just it's more about understanding so that you're not you're not one dimensional. So you've not just blundered in and said, "Here's what I've got." You've just questioned it, got a perception of what they're trying to achieve, and then go away and marry up. So, theatres may be. It, that's maybe the art side of it, rather mm. than the theatre. Okay, all right. Uh, last question for me then.
2: So, I guess what's the what's the biggest mistake you think you've made in in sales over the years? Is there anything that you think, yeah, that, I've learned a lesson there.
0: Uh, only with losses. If you look back at the sales that you didn't get, mm. you can really there's a, there's a, there'll be a reason. So if you, if you look at the sales that you've got, there's a reason that you got them because you did everything right. And the ones that you didn't get, if you look and think, well, yeah, I didn't really qualify that. I didn't really see whether that guy was involved or not. I could see that Shirley went on board and I didn't really ask her. Um, so you learn more from your losses for, for sure. Mm. Same question to you, John.
3: well yeah absolutely um and and i I guess the key to it is how quickly you learn Mm. one of the things i I learned quite quickly here was you know if you you lose a sale you're normally like that's really not ideal and i've invested xyz time in it uh and then you go back to lee and graham and and they're like no problems just learn from it make mm. sure that you know and you're going to lose a number of sales and in an ideal world you'll lose them quick but if you don't it's don't make it be the same reason for more than one ideally or two and then right let's part that you've learned that so going forward you're going to make sure you ask those questions to make sure we don't have that result again brilliant oh you'd have lost earlier which is a positive
0: yes
1: yeah yeah that's the thing we can't sell to everybody and that's okay yeah I think it's worth asking as well, obviously, because, you know, it's something we're always thinking about, but like any advice, words of wisdom to probably younger people, but I guess anyone who's thinking about wanting to get into sales, like where do you start? You know, I mean, did, did you plan to get into sales? Or no, did, did I think it just revealed itself to you. I can think I, it's
0: underrated. Yeah. Uh, I think it's can be the best job in the world. We've had some, Incentives, some nice trips. We've done, I've been to places that I wouldn't normally go to um, through sales and successes. Uh, you're a phone call away from euphoria and you're a phone call away from despair. <laughs> yeah, I'm doing it. No, I'm not doing it. So it's quite an emotional roller coaster. but it's interesting. You're doing different things. You, you, your daily tasks are all different. Mm. So I wouldn't personally swap it. I wouldn't put anybody off doing it. Um, I think it helps to have good products, good people around you. So you can be good at sales, but being a crap company.
2: Mm. On incentives, actually, trips. Mm. Yeah. because I think it, it goes hand in hand with sales, particularly at Spectrum, but I think actually broader industry as well. What Why is that? Why is it so such an integral part of the sales team?
0: I think it gives them drive and focus towards the end of a particular period. And then once you've been on a trip and you've enjoyed it and bonded with people, you don't want to miss out on your next one. I've missed one and I thought I'm not doing that again.
3: <laughs> I um So this was the first company that, I'd, that I've worked for that did incentives. Mm. And uh yeah, it, it's very much like that. Sadly, I've missed two. Um, and on each occasion when you're... When you're left back in the hutch and they're all like you know mm. sending pictures on the whatsapp group going yep we're in xyz beach and whatever it's yeah that that drives you to right the next half or the the next incentive period get my head down because i don't want to be the one left back in the hutch and but actually it's a stressful job it, for all the good things that graham said mm. with sales because that one phone call can make your weekend ruin your weekend make your week ruin your week um having something at the end of it that's like a bit of a do you know what yeah you know, you've, you've worked hard you know this year this year this half and you've done well and do you know what as a reward you can do this or that and yeah. and it's been new to me or I'm, you know it's not now but um it, it does and it drives it drives focus but it also makes that the stress of of sales because you know there's no beating around the bush it, it can be a stressful role yeah um, it makes it worthwhile because at the end of that rainbow, you know there is there is something that's that, that's there that you can go. Do you know what? Yeah, and, and that's one of the things. Actually, sorry, that's one of the things.
0: It's what do you it, learn about talking? Les? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it is a pod, so it'd be a boring pod if
3: you didn't talk. But that that's one of the things. Um, is that do you know what? It's it's all right to actually look back. Not often do you look back and go. Did a good job or i had a good six months or whatever and, and actually an incentive trip is is a way of you going Do you know, what? yeah i worked really hard for this good way of reflecting yeah i'll yeah, yeah. yeah. oh, shut up now yeah.
0: and the suppliers have contributed towards it mm. so it's a it's usually two or three suppliers and a and a bit of money from us mm. that so the suppliers have won because we've sold more mm. the finance house have won because we've leased more of their goods and spectrum of one because we have we've sold a little bit mm. more so all of those things in together you can get some work quite nice. Pays for itself. Yeah. Good stuff. Graham
2: Frankish, thank you for joining us on the podcast. No I problem. I think you beat Alex Hormose. Uh
0: Yeah, I'll give you on points. Ta. Okay. Yeah.